Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 229. Do what you love. Know your own bone, gnaw at it. Bury it, unearth it, and gnaw it still. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Steve Kittrell. Steve, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm wearing my racing gloves and ready to go. All right, great. I love it when my guests show up prepared and ready for a fun ride. Steve Cattrall is a freelance automotive writer. He conducts automotive valuations, and he's the national account executive at Sports Car Market Magazine. He comes from a family of automotive enthusiasts, and his passion for the rare and blue-chip Italian marks grew when he worked at T. Rutland's West Ferrari Parts in Monterey, California, before moving to Sports Car Market. Steve is a recent contributor to the Prancing Horse magazine and Veloce Today, which is run by Peter Vack, a past Cars Yeah guest. He's a judge at Ferraris for the Ferrari Club of America, and he's the MC at the San Luis Obispo Concourse. Steve, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Thank you so much, Mark, first of all, for... Uh for hearing my story. Uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I love what you've created here. Oh, thanks so much. I'm currently blessed to be part of the uh, outstanding staff at Sports Car Market and American Car Collector Magazines uh, with Keith and SCM. I've been able to travel around the country uh, going to auctions, concours, and events. It's really been my key to the classic car world in, in so many ways. Before that, I uh, opened and operated T. Rutland's West uh, Ferrari Parts in Monterey, and I've lived in the Ferrari world for a number of years, as you mentioned, uh, as a judge and uh, attending many events around the country. I've also been able to write for the Prancing Horse magazine, which is the Ferrari Club magazine in Veloce Today. Uh, That's also been an opportunity to meet wonderful people in the uh, classic car world, and uh, just going further back into my past, it, it comes down to family. It comes down to what I've been exposed to from my father, my uncles, my grandfather. I've really been lucky to 
start off small and continue to grow in this automotive industry. For most people listening, they're going to say, this guy gets to go to Concours events around the country as part of his job. He gets to go and see auctions and write about him. So dream come true position there at sports car market. And of course, we've had Keith Martin on Cars Yeah! and been friends of Keith's for a long time. I've been a subscriber of your guys' magazines for a long time. It's one of those ones I really look forward to every month so I can look through and look at all the cars I can't afford but uh, dream about having. So fantastic job you and your team are doing there. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. And this is something that perhaps has been instrumental in forming your life and in your career. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Steve, take the wheel. So, this is a quote I've been thinking about, and it's something that I heard a very long time ago, and it's, it's been a source of inspiration for me. It's a Henry David Thoreau quote, and it's, do what you love. Know your own bone, gnaw at it. Bury it, unearth it, and gnaw it still. And as many risks as we dare to take in the course of our lives, never forget who we are and what makes us tick. You know, knowing your own bone is something you really can't afford to lose sight of, and I've really tried to do that. It's a great quote. I love it. It is such a key element of what Cars yeah! is all about, and that is wrapping your passion for automobiles, motorcycles, trucks, whatever, around your vocation. And that sounds like that's what you've done in your life. Could you give me maybe some other examples of how you've incorporated that quote into your career? Again, it's, it's kind of staying within yourself. We could always branch out and, and desire to do stuff maybe we haven't been exposed to, but it really always circles back to what you love and where you started. And I think that's, uh, again, going back to his your bone is is your immediate passion, and everything else kind of grows off of that. I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah who've had lucrative jobs, long careers, but they weren't around the thing that they were passionate about. And when they took that big, mighty step, a scary step, and started working in the field of their passion, everything changed for them and blossomed. They found their bone, if you will. That's great. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to go down an automotive journey with you and tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. You know, thinking about this, you know, so far my journey has been a bit of a funnel, starting off small and getting bigger and bigger each decade of my life. And I remember being about five years old, going to get a haircut with my mom, And in the parking lot was a 63 Corvette Stingray split window coupe. (laughs) Cool. And it it really stopped me in my tracks, Mark. And I thought, wow, this looks nothing like what I go to school in. Nothing I've ever seen before. How does this fit into the timeline that I knew nothing about? And I, I couldn't leave the car. I couldn't leave the details and the lines and the questions going through my mind about what it was and what it was about. I remember that being the spark that started my interest in classic cars. (laughs) Very, very cool. Have you had a chance to ever drive one of those since you saw that car that day? I have. I have. There's a, um, there's a, a cop in Pebble Beach who's owned the car for about 25 years. He's the second owner and a good friend of mine. And 
he'll call me up for a cup of coffee and um, we'll go out driving through Pebble Beach or Big Sur and Carmel Valley and uh, he just enjoys we enjoy each other's passion and so I have been able to uh, to drive that particular model uh, frequently. Oh, <laughs> how fun. And there's so many great driving roads around there as well, down the coast or over Laurel's Grade or out to the track or, yeah, fantastic. Love to hear that. What I'd love to do now, Steve, is, is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, as I say, crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career. Of course, the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and even more important, what did you learn from it? Some of my biggest challenges in life um, really have been personal. You know, whether it's losing family members, situational changes, or, or taking leaps of faith, the only constant has been change and work. And both have really pushed me to work harder in all aspects of my life. Failure is really part of the game. And they say in baseball, if you fail seven out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. So. For me, it's it's all about taking some of those life experiences uh, and applying it back into my business, back into my goals, uh, back into other aspects of life. Is there one in particular you can share for us that uh, you can bring to light? Take us to that point in your life where you faced that huge challenge and, and how you worked your way through it. You know, there was a moment when I was uh, working at T. Rutland Ferrari Parts, and, and uh, I was working with a client uh, getting him some parts and he needed something very quickly and it needed to be perfect. And I wasn't. And it was a real learning experience for me on all aspects, whether that's uh, the business side of things, uh, the relationship side with your clients, with the end result. And, you know, what I learned is that attention to detail and being as specific as possible is something that is integral in this classic car industry. We're all creatures of habit. We're all perfectionists in a lot of ways. And I think that if you lose that focus, you're going to learn a lesson. And um, that particular instance, which I won't get into in detail, was, was definitely a lesson learned and something that I'll never forget. Well, that's the great thing about those challenges we face is if we can remember them and replay them in our mind and learn from them, then those challenges and failures really are good things because they're teaching moments in time. Certainly something that's stuck in your mind and you've carried through, and I think that's great. And thanks for sharing that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Would you share a story about an aha moment that you had in your career? It's one of those times, I like to say, when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction in your life. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Yeah, really, this is my favorite part of your show, Mark. I love hearing uh, <laughs> everybody else's aha moment. Ah, great. And, and most people say there, there wasn't one or there's a few. Mine were, were small and big. One particular small moment was uh, I was at a Cars and Coffee event at uh, Bruce Canapa's facility in uh, Scotts Valley, California. Oh, and I'll say, if anyone has a chance to go to that facility... Go check it out. It's incredible, isn't it? It's spectacular. It's a jewelry box, and it, it really never gets old. I go frequently. It's about half an hour from my house. Yeah, so. it's great. And Bruce has been a guest here on Cars Yet, too. Walking around Bruce's facility, and, and he's got an amazing restoration shop, and it's um, you can eat off the floors there. But I I'm happen to be drawn to a um, 365 GTB for Daytona 
that was being fully restored. And I looked down at the uh, the parts counter uh, where they had everything lined up and ready for uh, to be reassembled on the car. And I looked down and I see the majority of the parts had my signature and my handwriting on the particular parts. So it was that aha moment of kind of like an automotive farm to table. Uh-huh. The parts came into my facility. I sent them out to them, and I could actually see the process of them going to be put on the car. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is how it all works, and I can see the end result. And very similarly at, at the Cavalino Classic, um, you know, meeting with uh, clients and cars that you've searched for particular parts, hard to find pieces all over the world, and then being able to see them on the lawn and, and win awards because you helped facilitate that perfection of that car. Um, those are particular aha moments for me. But the biggest, I would have to say, that, that really kind of shaped my direction in this industry was in 2010. Uh, I get a call from the guys over at McCall Motorsports, uh, which is now Monterey Vintage Motorsports. Mike Antioch and Ty Titus, who do amazing restoration service uh, and preparation for Pebble Beach and, and different concours around the world. Mm-hmm. They call me and they say, you got to come up to the shop. We've got something for you to look at. So I go up to their building and sitting there is Lime Green 250 GTO. Ooh. And um, it's a uh, number 3505 GT, I believe. And it was Sterling Moss's GTO. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time I was uh, what I considered green in the industry and I knew what I was looking at, but at the same time, the, the full historical significance of that car hadn't quite registered. They invited me to sit in the car and enjoy it and really take it in and look at it. Wow. And that moment for me, uh, having somebody else think of me and, and give me that opportunity to be close to something that was so special really put a lot of things in perspective and made me appreciate these cars a lot more and made me feel like I was part of the club. (laughs) That's so cool. That is such a a unique car too in so many ways, but it's an awesome car. I've had the pleasure of getting to look at that car up close and personal as well. So yeah, very fortunate to have those uh, those friends. Yeah, it came full circle for me uh, last uh, couple weeks ago at Amelia Island. I hadn't seen the car since, and it was at the at the Concours. And so I consciously uh, took a photo with it and sent it to the guys, and uh, I think they had a pretty good chuckle over it. <laughs> That's great. I, I believe that car belonged to the Matsuda collection years ago in Japan. And if I'm not incorrect when i was in japan and they owned it i saw it there and that's where i got to kind of play with it for a day so uh, i might be wrong i'll check on that but uh very special car very cool and you may have just answered my next question has to do with proudest career moments is there one in particular you could share with us my proudest moment comes from a lot of blood sweat and tears (laughs) and um you know i believe that ted rutland had a vision of of expanding his his Ferrari parts business from Georgia to Monterey for probably a decade, if not longer. Mm-hmm. And when he in, uh, invited me to to be his operations manager, it was about a year's process from start to finish. And our open house in 2009 during Monterey Car Week, that was my proudest moment. 
the dates because all of the work that it took to to make this vision a reality and uh, it was very small, grown tremendously since. But to have my family there, to have clients and friends and, and industry people who I still deal with on a daily basis had to be the moment that sticks out the most. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. Uh, great achievement and also wonderful learning experience, sounds like. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory that you had with that vehicle. You know, in my eyes, the first special car for me, it was my grandfather's car. It was a 1956 Chevy Bel Air. And I watched him restore it from the chassis up. Um, I saw the progression of a project to a perfect example. And it was the, the car that, that I know that really drew me in. He saw the inspiration that, that it had given me driving around and going to car shows and, and just taking those Sunday cruises, getting in the front seat. That really kind of embedded in me you know, what hard work means in the classic car business and, and what it takes to, to see the fruits of your labor. So for that moment and those times, that was really the, the car that sticks out as, as being special to me. Oh, great story. I love it. I love these stories, especially when they evolve around grandparents uh, because of those really special and unique bonding moments that you can get, you know, with your grandpa helping him with the car, riding in the car. You never forget those. Fantastic. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in the garage? Unfortunately, it's the same car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it, the car uh, it did move on to another home, and, and it's one that we all wish that hadn't. You know, cars that I've personally owned, fortunately, I haven't had seller's remorse. Everything i was happy with letting go or it was time. Keith Martin always talks about the reason why you would sell a car. And I, I felt like I've checked all the boxes appropriately. So it goes back to that one that got away was probably the first one. And uh, I wish I could have, you know, bought it at 16 or convinced him not to. Yeah. And uh, I'd be, I'd still be enjoying it today. Yeah. Well, here's another question I have for you, Steve. This is something a little new that uh, one of my past guests, Satch Carlson from Roundell Magazine, suggested I ask people, and that is, is there a vehicle that you bought that after you bought it, you thought, what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> there, was, um, there was a situation where a good friend of mine had mentioned he had a pair of 914s buried in a um, a lot behind his house. Mm -hmm. And so my father and I decided this was a good opportunity, this was about seven years ago, to pick up a couple of cars that we can enjoy and, and maybe uh, autocross. And, and uh, we got the cars, we bought them, and, you know, it was a 1.7 liter, and one was a 2 liter, but they were just total basket cases. And at the time it was much more trouble than it was worth. And, um, you know, we, we quickly realized that, uh, the juice was not worth the squeeze. <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked that question. It's uh, something I may start adding here at Cars. Yeah. I had a two liter 914 that I bought. That was a beautiful looking little car until I got it up on the rack and started poking around and realized that, uh, uh Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of rust underneath this thing. But, uh, 
it was fun to drive around on. I enjoyed it, but uh, I got rid of it pretty quick. Yeah, I, I just sold uh, a really nice example as well. I had a really nice two-liter, all original, and I, nice. I guess that's a seller for more for me. I, I wish I hadn't sold that one yeah. 10 months ago. We all have those. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Absolutely. Uh, I'm working with a, a guy named Alex Littlewood on a website called Motoroso. Oh. And uh, what it is, it's a it's a platform that connects enthusiasts, fuels passion and inspiration in an imagery standpoint. It's a platform for my photography, which has expanded in the last couple of years, and it's helped my images reach a mass audience. Cool. So he's a it's a Silicon Valley project, and um, I've been fortunate enough to work with him on the ground floor and um, be an advocate for uh, for Motoroso. Very cool. I love that. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? As much as I love Italian cars, I'm going to stick with American muscle on this question. One that I I never get tired of looking at and hearing and driving is a Shelby Cobra. Hmm. One in particular has always held my attention was the 63 289 Roadster, mm-hmm. Lamaze race car. I believe it was sold in 2010 by RM in Monaco. And every time the car is just stuck with me. And I just feel like if I was a car, that would be it. <laughs> that would be pretty darn cool. I love that. Well, Steve, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little word from our sponsor. Carpe VM Seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the Little Red Racing Car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Diem brand where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize the road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Diem at carpegear.com and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. All right, Steve, we're back and we're entering the last lap. This is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and you give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received, and I, I still think about it today, is never try to act like something you are not. Mm. <laughs> Be true to yourself. Yeah, that's great. Do you remember who gave you that advice? It was Ted Rutland on my first day of work. Oh. And uh, it was a word of advice being in the, the Ferrari world. It's it's never try to be who you aren't, and uh, it's helped me kind of uh, stay humble and, and grow in the right way. Well, you know, what's great about that is uh, in the car world, I think car guys can see through, excuse me, bull, you know what, <laughs> when they hear it. Mm-hmm. And to try to know something that you don't know or try to skirt through it never really works. It's always better to just ask well, what do you, what can you tell me? What can I learn from you? Very, very true. Great advice that boss gave you that first day. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Early and often is kind of my motto. 
and in sales, which I'm doing with Sports Car Market, you really need to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about establishing solid relationships first, and business will follow with more of a, a personal end understanding. I think it's really important to build trust and a reputation before anything else. Great. Perfect. Do you have a resource that you would like to share with our listeners? I know there's a lot of them out there, but one in particular that you find yourself going back to time and time again? Yeah, uh, funny enough, I'm constantly on sportscarmarket.com. It's the best source for uh, prices and values and trends. Um, I know it's kind of a shameless plug, but I really use the Platinum Database and go back to past articles, it's it's really my favorite resource that I use on a daily basis. Yeah, great resource. I love it too. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners should read? You know, professionally, I really love looking at Gunther Ropp's Ferrari calendar books. Uh-huh. So it's a, a visual book. Maybe it's a little bit different than others have recommended, but it's something that I love looking at his images and going back and, and learning little blurbs about cars that I might not have known about. So anything that he's done is uh, fully in- endorsed by me. Yeah, Gunther's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, his photography is just spectacular. I've got his Ferrari calendar and his book, and uh, yeah, they're wonderful. He's got a great eye. Listeners, you can find links to these resources at carsyeah.com slash Steve Kittrell. And Steve's last name is spelled K-I-T-T-R-E-L-L. Steve, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I do. I do. My children are, are my biggest hobbies. I have a, uh, two daughters, eight wow. and four. Um, we spend a lot of time uh, in the water. Uh, I surf. I'm big into fitness, and I'm a, I'm a baseball fanatic. Oh, fantastic. A, a surfer. I was a surfer growing up when I moved up here to the northwest, though. I kind of gave it up. The, the water up here is a long way away from my house, and it's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the Southern California lifestyle I had as a kid, so... I'm a little bit jealous. All right, Steve, this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price, I'll buy you whatever you'd like today, what would that one vehicle be and why? Uh, This is always a tough question. Yeah, I know. uh, I really wanted to go with that Sterling Moss 250 GTO, but um, I'm going to go with the 275 Narc Spider because it, it was the first real car, real Ferrari I ever saw. And uh, I was at Patrick Otis Company in Berkeley. And uh, I remember walking up and and seeing that car and just being absolutely floored by it. And it it ticks all the boxes in so many different ways. And it would be the one car I would love to walk out and look and see in the garage every day and something that I would Never, ever so. <laughs> yes. Those are so special. I have a friend up here in the Pacific Northwest who has a fly yellow Nerd Spider. I've been fortunate enough to get to spend some time around that car, and they are just so beautiful. So great choice. Great choice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn about more about you and your business? Well, you can always uh, find me in the, um, in the front of each sports car market magazine. Um, You can find my email and my contact information, but I would encourage the listeners to go to uh, Stephen Kittrell Automotive Imagery on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and you could find uh, all of my adventures. I blog 
I blog weekly about all the events that I go to and take uh, photos and it's really uh, it's really my automotive life in, in one location. Very cool. Well, Steve, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the coast in that 275 Nard Spider? You know, this is a very large industry made up of not a lot of people, and they're very happy people. And, uh, you know, I really... Love what I do at Sports Car Market because what we do is important to the hobby. And I, I look forward to continuing my automotive journey and passing the torch on to the next generation when that time comes for me. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about here at carsyad.com slash Steve Cottrell. Or you can just put Steve in the search box and his show notes page will pop right up. Steve, thanks again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I'll see you down the road. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!